Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crosses and Graces. My name is Peter Holm, and today we're going to be talking about how Christ is going to vanquish communism. All right? Now, before we get started, please subscribe to the channel. Make sure that if you like this video, hit that thumbs up button. Throw your comments in below. If you have complaints, issues, questions, compliments, what have you, I will do what I can to help answer questions for you. Happy to be here to do it. And uh, yeah, thank you to Restoring the Faith for hosting. So yeah, let's get started. So we've talked in the past here about socialism, about communism, Marxism, a little bit on Freemasonry topic, a little bit in terms of um, where Marxism comes from, what they believe, what Frederick Engels is writing, a little bit about Vladimir Lenin. It's not good. It's just disgusting stuff. And we put it all together because we're looking at a philosophy that is completely and utterly of this world. It's of Satan. It's materialistic. They don't see anything beyond this existence, this short little tiny blink of a life. They don't see anything else. There's no divinity that is in view for them. There is no Christ in view for them. Therefore, unfortunately, there is no morals. There's no moral code, no morality, there's no way that they can sit there and uniformly share an agreement with us that life must be respected at all levels from conception until death, period, done, over. And the fact that there is a need for, say, something like a death penalty when someone has made the mental commitment to harm other people, yes, this makes sense. Um, no, we shouldn't be taking people's liberties. All these things about socialism, it doesn't work with Christianity, okay? When we talk about all the nastiness that comes in, this is Karl Marx. This is who he is. Karl Marx comes from a family ethnically Jewish in terms of their upbringing, where they come from. His father would convert to Lutheranism, so they become Protestants. Karl Marx is brought up as a Protestant, he goes from there into university. He ends up studying lots of interesting theories, including socialism. In the course of his studies, he starts to fall away. He starts doing things weird, evil even, and writing satanic poetry. The poetry is out there online. You can find it. It's disgusting. But he starts talking about some really dark stuff and basically running and destroying the earth. Yeek. And this guy then doesn't stop there. He goes even further when he works with Frederick Engels to start putting together all of the philosophies and building on socialism, adding in his hedonism and the rest of the materialism components and everything about lack of respect of authority and revolution and bonding himself to the Freemasons and the form of the Carbonari where they come from and then makes this communist league. It's a really bad story. Because everyone ends up losing here, okay? Karl Marx does not have a happy life. He suffers a lot. There's some really good books out there and some stuff actually recently that's shown up on YouTube. You can listen to the talks about him. Um, he's a very unhappy man. Ingalls, although he's wealthy, again, not the best example of an individual. But the whole point, all these guys, whether it's Lenin or Stalin or Mao or Kim Il-sung or go through any other communist dictator anywhere across the entire span of the past 150 years plus anywhere in the world. And you know what? They're all unhappy. 
They all deny Christ's kingship and his divinity. They all murder people. They all steal from people. Every single evil you can possibly imagine, they have justified because, well, they could be like gods, I believe is the way Satan put it to Adam and Eve. And so here we are, okay? They have a system that is built on greed, envy, and power. They are standing completely opposite in the face of, in contest with God. Revolution against the old world order, they are standing up something new. The only way to do that, as we have seen with the hundreds of millions of dead across the world, whether they are in China or Russia, the former Soviet Union or in the Soviet Union, World War II, you're talking Africa, Southeast Asia, murders everywhere from these people. Communists make war on just authority, period. They don't care about rules. They don't care about truth. It is about power, and they will say whatever needs to be done to get there. Look up Yuri Bemenzov and his interviews with the John Birch Society. And I can even save you the trouble. I will link them to my video here to show you what he talks about, why he defected. He was a former KGB agent and what he has to say about subversion. The devil's primary tactic that he's using to get at us is subversion. He's breaking down our moral code piece by piece and he does it in a way where he says, well, I don't need to take 100% from you. I just need to take 2%. So he gets you to compromise and you're like, well, it wasn't that bad and I can deal with this. You compromise and you take your 2%. And then he comes back and he gets 2% more. And he comes back and then he gets 4% more. And he comes back and he comes back and he comes back until before you know it, you are actually now unable to fight back because you gave up everything or at least you gave up the critical things that would have allowed you to maintain control. This is exactly how Islam works. These are the levels of warfare outlined in the Hadith. This is Satan's tactics, which he uses in communism. All right. This is a war over time that starts out with subversion and an ability to break down morality so that he ultimately can then take control and then get really, really violent. Nothing about communism is good or redeemable whatsoever. It is completely in contrast to everything good in all Christian ideology. Period. End of statement. All right. Alongside their Freemasonic counterparts, they deny the supremacy of Christ and the triune God. They have to. And this means there's no coexistence with these groups because they seek to destroy our way of life because in the end, it counters their notions of authority. It's that simple. Now, with them denying God and his divinity, they deny afterlife, which means everything they do is based on this life. Everything they do is based on the moral code they can come up with and they can change it however they want, which means it's all about money and power and greed and envy and sex and anything that they want right now because it's all going to be over quick. And then what do you do after that? Nothing. So they're going to go all out. They have nothing to pump the brakes for. All right. There is no stopping them. That doesn't involve some level of force. This is how history has shown them to be stalled every single time. Now, this means what we're looking at is a very, very determined enemy who has the capacity to influence many, many millions of people. Satan has strong armies. There is no morality. They are tenacious. They are aggressive. 
and we see them winning many short-term battles at this very moment. Now, we've seen, again, their effects on the French Revolution, because in all seriousness, it's the same ideologies. So whether we're talking about Enlightenment philosophies, Freemason, so Freemasonic ideals, socialist ideals, communist ideals, Marxist ideals, it's all from the same family. It's all the same stuff, just repackaged with a different label, but it's still satanic, and it's still talking about everything that doesn't have to do with Christ. It's not good. So we're talking about millions impoverished, economies destroyed, property stolen, millions persecuted, religions closed down, and ultimately millions murdered. Now, that was negative. Let's get positive. Don't despair. Now is not the time to despair. Now is the time to remember that Satan always means for us to think that he is unstoppable. However, we are Catholic. We live in a state of grace. If we're wise and we're dedicated to God's will, he gives us the capacity in the mass, in the sacraments, to be with him and to be full of grace. And in the end, that means we, this small, tiny remnant of Catholics, is not fighting communists and the satanic hordes by our lonesome. No, we have God on our side. We have the Blessed Mother on our side who strikes fear into the heart of all demons and any of their minions. We have the saints. We have the angels. And again, we have two-thirds of the angels. They only have one-third. The odds are pretty good for us. All we have to do is hold fast to God, his truth, his church, his sacraments. Okay? God has already defeated Satan. And he doesn't want us to focus on that because if we go toe-to-toe with a demon, way smarter than us, way more powerful than us, he doesn't sleep, and he operates outside of the realm of time and space. He wants us to focus on him and our weakness and to draw us down so we cannot ask God for grace, we cannot ask the Blessed Mother, Guardian Angel, we cannot ask any of the other saints for help. That's what he's trying to do. So, don't dwell on the fact that this moment is hard. Dwell on the reality that God can be with us. He's already won in an eternity. The end is very happy for those who remained with Christ. Those who persevered to the end will be saved, as Christ says. We can be that group to persevere until the end. This is awesome. So let's do it. And you're going to say, but how? <laughs> we must remember that all of the earthly forces, all the earthly powers combined, and whether we're talking about their ability to go and cause famines or their ability to make war, and we're talking bullets and missiles and whatever, so what? In the end, they're all fleeting, just as much as any other thing on the face of this earth is temporal. It's fading. It will be gone like that. There'll be nothing. It'll be a blink of an eye and an eternity, all right? There's nothing to fear, because we have eternity. Look towards eternity and try to go. And when you look at this life and we look at the struggles that we're in and the communists and their view of the world, the Marxists, the socialists, the Freemasons, all these brilliant scientists and whatever who are telling us that we have to go and bend the knee to nonsense which counters Christ and our Lord, triune God. When they tell us nonsense, 
we have to remember like their goal is to try to cut us off. Well, if we stay connected, we look at eternity in the long game, we realize all this stuff they're trying to have us go and hold on tight to is over in an instant. Money's gone and doesn't spend in heaven. The house I'm in will not actually be here at the end of all time. So like even our relationships are going to break down because we don't all necessarily die at the same time. And even if we did those relationships, then everything has to be remade after this existence is over. So why are we not prepping for the end? Like we live this day as if it is our last day. We live this day with God in this warfare. As Job says, Job 7, 1, every human life is a warfare. Let's fight it, okay? Let's fight this battle with Christ by our side at the helm. He is our general, okay? Let's fight it with Mary leading us, our queen, arrayed in armor as Anne Catherine Emmerich saw in visions of the end times. We have our angels there. This is this is over already from the standpoint of the big war. So now it's a matter of can we hold out for our own individual battles, okay? So Christ gives us all of the grace that we need to overcome every single challenge that is set before us. No matter what demons lie in our path, no matter what potential sins and shortcomings exist for us, and that includes then anything that we were made with or the sins we've already committed, he's still given us enough grace in the middle here. This is why we still draw breath today. Even now, while you watch this, is because the grace is right there at your fingertips. You just got to accept it and receive it and do what God wants you to do to keep it. You can get to heaven. So we can fight this. And so while we are sitting here relying on God, a perfect God in all of his grace and all of his virtue, all the communists and stonecutters have, they have pride, power, greed, lust, I guess, but it's all gone. In the end, they're all vulnerable to God, extremely vulnerable. And in the end, there's a full chance too that when we fall for the glory of God, persecuted or otherwise, there's a full chance that our virtue our commitment our grace we become the conduit so the grace that we were given we can then pass that on to them because that's what god gives us to do he gives us the ability to do do you want to be that medium for grace for those people out there who are hurting because it's not like we're going to be able to convince them of this but god's grace can make everything real okay he can make this victory a real thing a permanent thing and make sure that communism and Freemasonry also was just put down, bam, smacked, destroyed. So we know God wins, but we have our challenges in store. We know God wins, but we still have a fight right now that we have to wage for our soul because Satan wants it really, really bad. The demons that are going after us want our soul really, really bad. And we have to go and make sure we work to get the grace that is more powerful than those demons and make this all work. And we can because God's already done it. God is infinite. Satan is finite. God has no beginning and no end. Satan is a creature. Every demon out there is a creature. It only exists because God allows it out of justice. All right? No demon has the strength to overcome God. In the end, as long as we fall back on God with full faith in God, we act proactively we prepare we not only go to mass and we take the sacraments but temporally we know there are emergencies here we know there are situations coming 
be confident that we can do what needs to be done and we think it all through, do it, take precautions as necessary. I know there are many Jesus take the wheel type Christians out there, but the thing about Christianity is that entire book, the Bible, that scripture is a set of commandments. It's not a set of sweet nothings that says, I am so happy and it's going to be great and nothing to worry about. Just sit back and let me drive you to heaven. That is not what this religion is about. This religion is a warfare. Have you ever tried to read the Bible and look for all the warfare references in there? That's one of the things that got me to be Catholic, by the way. Look at the Bible, and if you have an opportunity, the next time you go and you decide, you know what, I'm going to read, whatever, just look for all the warfare references. They're everywhere, everywhere. So Paul talks about Timothy joining him as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. You have Jesus talking to the soldiers and giving, honestly, respect to them for their work. You have Jesus as the head of the heavenly host, meaning army in Hebrew. You have all manner of examples of angels taking out armies and destroying things. There is weapons galore from the standpoint of grace. You look at Ephesians 6, where he actually talks about putting on the armor and everything. Like Everything about that is militaristic. This is what our religion is. Embrace it. It's so good. It's so good. So let's do what we need to do for eternity. Embrace this warfare that it is so we can join Christ as he vanquishes the communists. We can get the grace we need so that we will not falter. And I'm going to go and end here with a verse for all you guys. Because I think it'll be helpful. And so this is uh, looking at St. John's Apocalypse. And I'm going to read the, uh, the verse here. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And with justice doth he judge and fight. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many diadems. And he had a name written, which no man knoweth but himself. And he was clothed with a garment sprinkled with blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies that are in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth proceedeth a sharp two-edged sword. With it he may strike the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God the Almighty, and he hath on his garment and on his thigh written, King of kings and Lord of lords. All right. I hope that was inspiring for you. Know that Christ wins this. All right. We will add a few more videos after this to continue looking at the different philosophies that are actually arrayed against us and kind of what motivates them and why they're standing in the face of us to try to go and knock us down a peg. So we'll build on that. Again, throw your comments down below. I appreciate all of you taking the time to watch today. Make sure to subscribe to the channel if this helped. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. So again, we got uh, episode 20 out of the way now. Look at that. All right. So again, thank you all for who stuck in the whole time. Uh, may God bless us and the Virgin protect us. And uh, as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right. Thanks. Have a good one.